Hello, you're listening to the OK Cool podcast with me, Ronnie Chang. This is the episode for 31st January 2016. You're listening to the OK Cool podcast, the podcast that nobody is listening to. So why are you? Thank you for listening. If you've kept me in your subscriptions, uh, I haven't posted, uh, haven't done a podcast in a while, uh, mainly because I am super lazy with it. I can't make excuses about it. Uh, I'm looking to get back on the train, have a fancy new name, <laughs> the OK Cool Podcast. Um, yeah, well, if you haven't uh, deleted me off your subscriptions, I appreciate it. Uh, also, there is no need to change your subscription addresses. Uh, I'm keeping the same URLs and everything just to, you know, keep what little momentum I have from the last time I posted one of these things from September 2015. But let's, that was like, what, four months ago, three months ago, four months ago. But I mean, even then, let's not pretend I was posting regularly until then. It was a while in between stuff, but looking to, yeah, let's get back into it. So uh, I moved to New York to take a job on The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Since the last time we spoke, uh, living in New York now. Maybe that's why I didn't post anything, because I was busy moving my life. That's partially true. I mean, like I said, no excuses. I was kind of lazy with it. Uh, it's been cool. Um, always wanted to move to New York. Um, it's a real honor to be casted on a well-respected well show like that, uh, The Daily Show. So let's... let's uh, Let's try to uphold its high standards. So New York has been good. I had my first New York blizzard. So here's the thing. Everyone, everyone keeps telling me, uh, when I moved here, everyone kept telling me. Um, so I moved to New York in September. And people kept telling me about the New York winters and how I need. They asked me what my winter plan was for my outfit. What I was going to wear. And I just kind of pointed to my New Balance sneakers. And they just started, they literally laughed at me and was like, that's not going to cut it. New York winters are pretty brutal and so I start panicking I start buying winter boots and like a winter coat um, I bought like two pairs of winter boots like really good ones and guess what no snow the warmest winter in New York history I haven't checked that yet but I'm pretty sure it is because uh, it didn't snow until January so the entire winter even Christmas uh, it was kind of balmy, apparently. I wasn't around for Christmas, but I, I, I looked it up. Um, it was kind of balmy. So no snow. So everyone who was laughing at my sneakers, well, joke's on you. Global warming will kill us all. <laughs> um, but I will say that the uh, buying good winter boots is essential for winter New York, only because the snow will, will freeze your feet, but also the sledge. The sledge will, sorry, the sludge, like the watery sludge will, you, if you don't have like good waterproof boots, it's, it's not good. You're going to get wet feet. You're going to get fungus, right? You can walk around all day with wet feet. It's not good. So, um, yeah, after all that, guess what? Only one day of snow as far as I could tell. And I was in New York for that day. One day it was a blizzard. Uh, let's not downplay it. Like 29 people died on the East Coast, so obviously pretty serious. But uh, as far as I was concerned, 
It was fine. It was like a one day of snow. Um, uh, yes, supplies ran a little bit low, but it was fine. I I could go to 7-Eleven. If there were 7-Elevens, yeah. I could go to Duan Reader and Duan Reade. How do you pronounce that? Duan Reade. Duan Reader. And uh, you could still buy stuff there. It was fine. It, it, all it meant was Central Park. Well, first of all, the, the, the cars got shut down, so no cars on the streets of New York after 2.30 p.m. on Blizzard Day. So you could roam the streets like I Am Legend. It was actually pretty awesome as far as I was concerned. Not to, not to downplay the tragedy that happened, obviously. A lot of people had it tough, but just from my perspective, it was fine. You got to run down the streets. Um, you could go to Central Park. Apparently, it was the second highest snowfall in uh, his- New York history. So there you go. Um, and I stay near a pretty high traffic area, so it was kind of nice to not have to deal with any cars or traffic, vehicular traffic. But also, only one day of snow after all that. Just one day of snow. Um, I mean, I got me. I was trying. To, I was hoping for a bit more. Seeing as how that was, I think that was essentially my first snowed winter in since 93 yeah 22 years i i did go to japan during winter but i guess that doesn't count i mean it snowed a little bit but this was essentially my first snowed winter so i was hoping for uh a little bit more more than just one day but i guess good that it ended when it did so you know, we didn't have enough, didn't cause any major infrastructure damage as far as I know. Um, although, pretty uh, bad news for global warming deniers, because what do you call that? How is it, how is it uh, like, I don't know, 20 degrees on Christmas Day? I'm talking 20 degrees Celsius, by the way, not Fahrenheit. I still don't know how to think in terms of Fahrenheit. Numbers are all messed up. Look, look I mean, Human beings think in terms of number base 10. Okay, we go 10, 20, 30, 40. We go 10. So it makes sense to go from 0 to 100 when you're talking about scale of temperatures. All right, this Fahrenheit thing, I don't even know. What's freezing point for Fahrenheit? I think boiling, boiling point is like two, two at 212 Fahrenheit is boiling point. Anyway, go 0 to 100. Come on. Join the rest of the world, America. It's Fahrenheit. Join the metric system. Just it's easier to figure things out. Quarterback ratings, 126 QB. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. That's the, why is that your maximum score? Is 101 good? Apparently 101 out of 126 quarterback rating is bad. So I don't know. There must be a there's a way to kind of make formulas uh, proportional to 100, right? There's a way to divide it. I don't know. Figure out your numbers, America. Six, what, 12 inches equals a foot? And how many feet equals a yard? Let's go. Centimet- 100 centimeters equals one meter. And then you just go up to kilo- kilometers, which means kilo means a thousand meters. It's easy to understand. Anyway, uh, so winter was okay. I think I feel like winter's already over. Barely had anything. It's starting to get warm now. The other, the other night, I actually had to. Um, uh, I should woke up in the middle middle of the night because it was too warm. I had to turn off a radiator, open a window. So 
I don't know, good that we don't have a brutal winter, but bad news in terms of climate change. Climate change. So what else is happening? I uh, started using Snapchat, which is um, interesting. I don't... How... Man, I used to be with it. I used to be like down, like a hip, <laughs> up-to-date, tech-savvy tech individual. Like one of my bits is I make fun of my mom who can't use YouTube. Suddenly, and I'm just 30 years old, suddenly I'm outdated because now apparently everyone's on Snapchat. I don't understand Snapchat. Okay, so when I heard of Snapchat, it was, it, it was this app, messaging app that deleted messages in, like within five seconds of you receiving them. So the obvious practical use of such an app is to send like pictures of your dick. Right, so that it would get deleted. That's what I thought Snapchat was was when I first heard of it. Fast forward like three or four years later, suddenly it's a multi-billion-dollar company. There's like content being created for it. Like Comedy Central has a channel. Comedy Central commissioned a Snapchat television show on it, where all the content is just on Snapchat, and they're not alone. Like every channel like ESPN, they have all these channels that commissioned shows on Snapchat. So, I don't know. I got on it. I uh, didn't understand it. it. took me a couple months to turn around and use it. And um, look, it, it, it is addictive. I got to tell you, once you get the hang of it, it is a little bit addictive because people, you, you get a real glimpse, glimpse into people's lives because it's it, it feels like candid shots and videos of people's lives. Whereas Instagram is like, usually it's posed or it's like uh, artistically um, composed photographs with filters. Whereas like Snapchat feels like you're, you're in the nitty gritty of like, you're right behind the person's eyes watching his world. So there's a certain appeal to that. Um, but man, it's hard to use. Like I don't, I don't get how this dick pic app is now worth billions of, of dollars. Like, and also, so apparently you can just screenshot stuff in Snapchat, right? You can just take, you, if, if I send you a picture of my dick, you can screenshot it and then you have a screenshot of it, right? You can screenshot it. And then I, when, I, when I bring this up, people just go, yeah, yeah, but if you screenshot it, the person will be alerted that you screenshotted his Snapchat. But so what? That doesn't help me. If I, if I take a Snapchat, a snap of my dick and I send it to you and you screenshot it and I find out that you screenshotted it, that doesn't help me. I just want you to, I want it to be deleted. <laughs> I don't care that I found out that you screenshotted it. Man, I thought Twitter was bad. Snapchat, I don't know who's using this. Obviously a lot of people, but even Twitter, like, none of my friends use Twitter. None of my friends use Twitter. No one I know actually uses Twitter. The only people I know who use Twitter are, like, comics, and we can't use it for our jobs. And But if you're a normal person, what are you using Twitter for? Just to gain access to messaging other people? I guess that's mainly it, right? Having a public conversation so everyone can listen in on it. It's like a knowing wink. 
right? You're just knowingly posting stuff to someone else, knowing that everyone else can can read it. It's kind of like me talking loudly in a cafe to you, like, you know, either criticizing you or, or bragging about something I did, just knowing that everyone else can hear it, right? Oh, hey, I just got a new car. I hope I don't accidentally burn myself when I have my sunroof down because I'm very sensitive to the sun. And this is a conversation between you and me, even though I'm shouting loudly in a public place. Hashtag humble brag. So you're just letting other people in, into your bragging without, out, without like, well, you're trying to be subtle with it. I don't know. I guess that's what, that's what bothers me the most about social media. It's just uh, everyone thinking they, everyone thinking they their their, their opinion is now valid because they have this platform <laughs> to air it. I don't know. Also, with 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 the humble bragging, look, I get. I'm actually not against celebrating your your own successes. I think it's healthy. Um, and look, we all need uh, self esteem boost. So. I don't think it's honest to suppress that. Like we all, we all need a pat on the back. That's fine, but I just think that if you're gonna like brag about something or or congratulate yourself on something, just come out and do it. Don't you don't have to like humble brag it. Just come out and just say, hey, this great thing happened to me. I'm really thankful, right? You don't have to be all like coy about it. You know who are you trying to fool? Just come out and say, yeah, this good thing happened to me. Or look, I'm having a nice brunch or this and that. You don't have to be like, like, oh, uh, normally I don't like eating uh, this healthy, but today I'm going to give this a shot because it's um, yeah, my, 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 my boyfriend recommended this to me. I don't know. Just come out and say, hey, this place is pretty good. This is what I have for breakfast. And um, yeah, just keep it factual. Keep your... Keep your emotional state out of it. That's how I did it. But what do I know? I don't know. I think I'm, I'm not the best at social media either. So maybe that's what you need to do to win at social media. You need to kind of be more outgoing and just brag about stuff. And I should know this. I should know, I should know how to win at social media, right? That's, well, I, I say that and then. Look at me trying to do a podcast once every six months. <laughs> I always feel like women get a little bit of an advantage on social media, like Instagram and stuff like that, because, no, maybe I was, maybe if I was a better looking guy, <laughs> I could, I could say that with more authority, but because I'm sure guys follow good looking guys, men and women follow good-looking guys on Instagram, I guess. But I think more men and women follow good-looking women on Instagram. Is that, is that controversial to say? Basically, what I'm saying is if I had boobs, I think I, have, I, I would have more followers on Instagram. Not that, there's a, not that that is a measure of success. I'm just saying numerically, I would have more followers if I had boobs on Instagram. I don't know. Would I... How do you, oh, man, this whole, I, I came in, I came into comedy right as that whole thing was changing. I know I sound like an old man here, but um, I came in, I started comedy in 2009 and that was right when like, 
it was still old school, in between old school and new school uh, in terms of like selling a comedy act. So the, the, the new school is you get social media, Twitter followers, Instagram followers, uh, um, Facebook, follow, Facebook likes, YouTube, oh, that's a big one. You can sell a lot of tickets live, right? That's how you monetize it. You release content on social media. People watch it. They follow you. And then you, you try to sell a live show. Um, and it's, you sell out live shows because people come and watch you. Want to come watch you live, um, and that's kind of like new way of doing it, and that really kind of blew up. I think in the past three years, so like 2012, 2013 onwards, 2014 definitely, um, and so I started in 09, like right before all that. St- we could do that stuff in in Australia, um, and the old way of doing things is you try to get on TV or you do a good spot on a television show, and you could you could sell you could sell tickets, so. I've had more success selling tickets through email mailing lists and people watching me on TV than I have through social media. Although I guess some of my clips on YouTube did help sell tickets. But once again, those clips on YouTube are clips I've taped or filmed from TV spots I did. So I didn't make them for YouTube. I made them for TV. They ended up on YouTube. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's, it's a bit, I guess for me that I'm still, uh, my, my live shows drive my social media more than the other way around, I think. Like my, my, my tail wags the dog a bit. I eh, wonder how to turn that around. Maybe wonder if I should bother. I mean, I, I finally started getting onto Twitter and, and Snapchat. I'm, I'm just not a showy guy. That's the problem. I don't like showing... Like, I could tweet every guest we have on The Daily Show. I could send a picture. Like, we had Jerry Seinfeld on the other day. I could have gone down, take a photo with him, you know, post it on Instagram or, or Facebook, get, get, get some likes. But I don't know. I just, I, I, I respect my comedy idols too much to kind of blatantly kind of use that image to further my own likes. But maybe I should stop thinking about it like that. Maybe that's just part of the game. Still trying to figure this out. Uh, a lot of people don't know I actually work in the Daily Show office. Like, I've had people emailing me, like, to meet up in Australia. And it's like, yo, dude, I moved to New York. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, I'm in the Daily Show studios every day, unless I'm out in the field doing a field piece. Uh, yeah, New York. Uh, so I started uh, doing stand-up in New York again. It's been pretty cool. Uh, basically starting from scratch, doing 10-minute spots here and there. Uh, it's been it's been nice. It's kind of I've, I've, I'm feeling I'm feeling um, creatively very inspired from um, doing these uh, going around town doing these ten minute spots and it, it it's nice to kind of I don't know what it is but building up my reputation again in this in this city um, trying to get past at rooms you know um, emailing people kind of knowing what I know now about comedy and then starting from scratch again. It's interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I genuinely mean that. I don't mean that in a, in a bit of way. I think I... I don't know. I'm only six years in, so I'm not jaded enough where I can't start from scratch. But also, I like... I like the kind of... I think doing 10-minute spots 
can keep you really tight in a good way. I mean, it keeps your set really tight because you got to impress people who don't care about you right at the get-go for 10 minutes straight. If you can, if you have, you know, five of those 10-minute sets, you know, that's a killer hour. So, um, yeah, when you come on and do 10 minutes, you can't, you can't tell like a long convoluted story if no one cares about you, no one knows who you are. So, it's, it's, it, creatively, it's, it's challenging, but it's also, I think it's good. It's good to, it's good to get out of your comfort zone. It's good to be forced into these uncomfortable situations. I sound like a motivational speaker now. But yeah, I think it's good. Uh, what else been happening? Let's uh, see, I don't want this to go on for too long because you guys have better things to do and listen to me ramble to myself. Um, so you can talk, talk some sports, I guess. You can talk about NBA, NBA basketball. What happened in NBA? Oh, yeah. So uh, David Black got fired from uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, I got to go to Madison Square Garden for the first time to watch the Knicks. I'm going to go again today to watch uh, Golden State Warriors take on the New York Knicks. Golden State Warriors, man, just a team on fire. That's the thing. You can't replicate what they're doing either. They've got some very unique players who are, who are playing together as a team, who've bought into the system. And people say, oh, small ball is the future of the NBA. And that may, might be true. But if you just build small ball for the sake of it, you're not going to out-small ball Golden State. That's what I think. I think they've got it down pat. I, I really am interested to know how they got this team to fire like this. Because you can say, I mean, Steph Curry is a great player and he's nailing shots. But how they play as a team, I mean, how did they manage to drill that in within? I guess it's been building for a while now, but still. Just interested in how they kind of managed to beat the odds, and because I in in the NBA you can you can go like you can get superstars, but you need to get them to play as a team. You can't just have them be superstars. I mean, look at the two thousand four uh, LA Lakers. They had everybody. They had Kobe, uh, Shaq. Obviously, they had Gary Payton, Karl Malone. And uh, Devin George, but four these four players: Gary Payton, Carl um, Malone, Kobe, and Shaq, and they couldn't beat the Detroit Pistons, who were playing with I think it was Richard Hamilton, Ben Wallace, Chauncey Billups, um, and I can't remember the other two. But there you go. So just having good players isn't enough. You need to play like a team, and and. I mean, that's you would think everyone would know that, but if that's the case, why isn't everyone just using teamwork to? to make up that, to get the competitive advantage. So Golden State Warriors, man, they're hitting on something. But you, I don't think you can out Golden State, Golden State. Like, you're going to need to find another way to beat them. Maybe the answer is to go big. Go big and beat them with size. You know? Uh, but anyway, what they're doing is incredible. I think they're going to beat the 72-10 and 10 record. I think they will. Um, and people are going to say, oh, and it's not, even, it's not even that easy to do that either. We, we're living in a golden age of basketball. There's a lot of superstars in the NBA, you know? It's not like they're, they're playing in a, like a 
downtime in the NBA. Like, we've got tons of good players. Durant, LeBron, Westbrook, Kamel Anthony, uh, Derrick Rose, uh, Anthony Davis. Yeah, let's speak of LeBron. David Black got fired. Whew. I don't know. I, I, I think you needed to... I think... Writing was on the wall a little bit with that. I don't. I, should they have fired him? I mean, I was gonna say no, but I understand why they did it now. Better because people want buying into his system, and they had to make a change. So I get that now, but I do think that I definitely think LeBron has something to do with that, and I think that he is. Someone who has physical talent and he has great basketball IQ and he was thrust into the spotlight and leadership positions his entire basketball career and he stepped up well and he's delivered. I mean, considering coming out of high school, the amount of pressure this guy had, the chosen one, he's really uh, lived up to that. So kudos to him. But I do think that he doesn't quite have as good a grasp on leadership as he believes himself to have or that the media says that he has. Because I know he's 31 years old. I'm 30. You're telling me he has better leadership ability than someone in their 40s, 50s head coach who's had a lot of experience. So, I mean, LeBron definitely a lot of talent, but I think that he's never... He's never had to really listen to no like strong father figure in his life who's been able to tell him, hey, you're wrong. Hey, this is better. Like mentor. He never really had a strong mentor. He's always kind of been going at himself and he's been so successful that I think he believes he can do no wrong and that he understands everything. And I don't think he does because... I don't know. If you 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 shouldn't you should foresee that if you disagree with your coach, if you undermine your coach, it's only going to hurt the team. And he's repeatedly undermined. He repeatedly undermined David Black. Like coming out of timeouts, he would tell Black to you know. Uh, he would switch up plays. He would insert himself in. Um, I think that was the more famous example was when they Black called a uh, uh, out of bounds play for LeBron to inbound and passed to J.R. Smith for the shot, and LeBron was like, no, F that. I'm going to take this shot. So he just basically overruled the coach, and Dale Black was like, oh, okay. Yeah, do that. Fine. So I don't know. I mean, I maybe I can see it both ways. Maybe Black wasn't the right fit for the Cleveland team because of lack of NBA experience. But I do think LeBron didn't help, didn't help the situation. So the question is, who is a coach that can work with LeBron? I mean, no one really can. He, no one has his respect, right? I mean, Phil Jackson, maybe. Um, Greg Popovich. Yeah, who can command LeBron's respect? No way. They had to get Tyron Lue, who's like a player's coach, right? He's like a friendly player's coach who listens to his players. That's that's the problem. If, if David Blatt, as like... He's a well-accomplished basketball coach. If David Black can't, you're not going to listen to him then. Who are you going to listen to? In the NBA, there's no one left. 
Oh yeah, what's this? Uh, Blake Griffin breaking his hand, punching his, uh, punching the team equipment manager in Toronto. How do you? So these guys were friends, and Blake Griffin punched. They got into a fight, and uh, Blake Griffin punched this guy and broke his hand, and so now he's out for four weeks. So you break up the team? No, you shouldn't break up the team. Are you kidding me? Overreacting over someone punching some guy in the face. People punch people in the face all the time. Right? Sorry, I'm just getting these messages here. Hang on, let me turn my phone on to silent. Yeah, people punch other people all, all the time. Just let them, let them play it out. Okay? It's the, the window for NBA championship teams are really small. Okay? You're going to break this up. They've been playing together for a while now. Okay, they get it. They get, they get the system. Are they going to win a championship? I don't know, but you're not going to get a better chance than this. So just let it play out. Okay? Blake Griffin's young. He makes mistakes. Maybe he needs to go for anger management. I, I don't know. Apparently, Blake Griffin likes comedy as well, so... I don't know. Maybe, um, maybe he needs to go fight in the UFC for a little bit. Get some of that... Anger out. What did he say though? What what could you say to get this guy that angry at you? But this is exactly why I always believe to you I always people always like why you why you why are you always so polite? And I go, because I know what it's like to be too casual to people and accidentally offend them. That's why I don't even like joking around with people I don't really know because one minute it's all fun and games, next minute people get angry, man. Words that sticks and stones can break my bones, words can never hurt me. That's completely untrue. Words can hurt some <laughs> in some ways more than sticks and stones. So yeah, these people joking around, I, I think they, they've known each other for a while now. People joking around, you know, suddenly you say some stuff, your jump shot sucks. All you did at the slam dunk contest was jump over a car. Anyone can do that. Any NBA player could have done that. You say some stuff, suddenly, tempers flare. Next thing you know, this guy, this <laughs> top five player in the NBA is jumping on you and just wailing on your face. Blake Griffin is strong too. I mean, he's a big guy. No, that's a power forward. I mean, if Blake Griffin's hand is broken, what about the guy? I want to know what happened to the other guy. He must be messed up. <laughs> we'll never know. We'll never know what is said unless someone can get the scoop. Someone to get the scoop in, maybe Bill Simmons. He'll know what was said. What was said? Make him that angry. The equipment manager. What could the... Man, some people snap. Sometimes people just snap. You know? Have I ever punched a friend? Definitely got into physical fights with friends. I don't think I've ever punched a friend. Punch a friend so hard your hand breaks. I mean, that's... What was he punching anyway? How strong is that guy's face that he can break Blake Griffin's hand? Or how weak is Blake Griffin's hand? 
Maybe that's the question. So uh, what should the Clippers do? Clippers should keep the team. Don't don't overreact. Uh, Griffin's out for like four to six weeks. After that, you probably have to suspend him, right? You can't just let that let that go. Suspend him for two weeks. He'll be back in time in time for the playoffs. And uh, if you're the Clippers, you want to avoid the eight seed, so you don't have to go up against Golden State. So you want to. This might work out for them actually if they go for like that what that seven seed. Stay on the opposite side of the seating from um, from Golden State. Be like an underrated seven seed. Yeah, what's the alternative? You're going to blow it up now, blow up the team and trade Griffin and what? You're going to be in no man's land. You're going to, you're going to be in no man's land for the next couple of years, right? This is Chris Paul's prime, DeAndre Jordan's prime, Blake Griffin's prime. Got good. I th- I think he's a good coach. Doc Rivers. He's a good leader. Um. Yeah, just go for broke now. Go for broke. Okay, what else is happening? I um. That's NBA talk for everybody who doesn't like the NBA. You still have to hear that. What else is happening? Oh, I lost a lot of weight. I lost like uh, twelve kilograms or. Was that twenty eight pounds, two inches off my waist? Whatever, however you want to count it, I lost a lot of weight, right? And um, the the challenge for me now is to kind of keep it off. I've I've done a pretty decent job of doing that, I think. But um, guess what? It's a never ending battle. Okay, that was the key for me. I mean, I've yo-yoed before. I've lost ten kilos. I put it all back. This is the second time I've lost 10 kilograms and I'm determined to keep it off. And the key for me this time around was to go, you know what? This isn't a diet. This isn't a temporary thing. This is now a permanent lifestyle change. Okay? I'm going to change the way I eat and change my relationship to food. I know I sound like one of those new age hippies, but it's true. You got to change your relationship to food because if not, not even if you do manage to take the weight off by some some huge feat of will you manage to uh, keep take the weight off you're never going to keep it off if you just switch back to your old habits so change your relationship to food okay stop eating stop eating pure sugar right desserts um stop eating refined carbohydrates okay let's try to keep it as unprocessed as possible Get some willpower. It's, 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 it's Okay, so here's what you do. You start off calorie counting. That, okay, look, I shouldn't tell people what to do because what do I know? Okay, I'll tell, tell you what I did. I started off calorie counting, um, kept it under 1,600 calories a, a day, I think it was. Uh, I think the normal man, office working man, needs 2,000 calories a day. So I created a calorie deficit and it was a pain in the butt to have to calorie count because you're constantly just on your phone trying to measure or estimate what you're eating just so you make sure you're keeping under calorie count. Everyone thinks you're on your phone during dinner all the time. People will start complaining at you. Why are you always on your phone? You're not, you're just, you're addicted to your phone. Come and talk to us and you're like, look, I am addicted to my phone, but this is actually legitimate. I'm trying to calorie count here just so I can 
get healthier, lose some weight. Okay, so that's step one. Oh, actually, you know what? Step one is uh, before even calorie counting. Step one is understanding why you want to lose weight. Okay, why do you want to lose weight? First of all, what is it? Just be honest with yourself. Is it vanity? Is it health? Right. Once you understand why you want to lose weight, then then you can kind of move forward from that. You don't just lose weight for the sake of it. Okay, because a lot of people don't need to lose weight. Some of, some people are, are big people and get you don't need to lose weight. That's not that's not me trying to be politically politically correct. That's just factual. Like, what do you need to lose weight for? You're if you're a big person, you're a big guy. It's nothing in your life that uh, needs changing, then just stay at it. Because the, the, the first step is you got to want to change. You got to know why you want to change. The why comes first, okay? Um, why you want to change. And maybe you don't need to, okay? You don't, maybe you don't need to. If you do want to change, then you start, ca- this is why I did. I start calorie counting, build some habits. I was calorie counting for about three months, I think. And then I lost some weight. It was good. And then I started plateauing. Now, once you start plateauing, you got to take it to the next level, which means you got to actually start watching what you eat. So when you're calorie counting, you're eating whatever you want just within the calorie count. And step two is um, you start watching what you eat. So I stopped eating uh, refined carbohydrates. In fact, I stopped eating a lot of carbohydrates. I stopped eating dessert, these two things, right? Just go protein, vegetable. You'll get cravings for sugar. When that happens, eat fruit, Okay. Protein, vegetables, and fruit. You keep doing that. And the less fruit you can eat, the better. Because that's there's a lot of sugar in that. And I'm just uh, this is weight loss mode. Okay? Weight loss mode, keep going. And you'll plateau and fight through the plateau. Stick with it. And you do that for another month, and I promise you, you'll see results. In four months, you'll see results. I know that sounds like a long time, but four months is nothing. Four months passes by so quickly promise yeah so you okay and once you actually do lose the weight guess what just keep at it keep keep eating what you're eating and hopefully in four months your 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 habits have changed as well and it won't be as hard to do it that first that first two weeks is tough that first two three weeks is tough once you get through it build some habits it starts coming naturally and then that's that's the key though once you lose it off you have to keep it off you keep it off by keeping your newfound eating habits. All right? So stop thinking of it as a diet. Stop yo-yoing. Just think of it as a permanent lifestyle change. Okay? Uh, and that's enough from the self-improvement side of things. For some reason, guys are really um, more prone to self-improvement than, than, than girls, I think. That's, I think that's true. Guys are really prone to self-improvement. Like we like kind of kind of um, looking at ourselves and going, why don't I have the things I want in life? And then we start reading books and start, you know, listening to Tony Robbins and start trying to find answers. And some people never make it out of it. Some people get stuck in self-improvement mode or they start listening to the wrong things. And you start preaching to other people about, hey, this thing, this method's really good, or you know, I don't know. It's it's weird. Self improvement is weird. You need to have the maturity to want to improve, but also to know what are the ways to improve. Because not all self improvement stuff out there is good. 
right? Some of it is, is bullshit. All right, maybe I'll talk about that the next time I do one of these things. I think this has been long enough. Anyway, if you've made it to the end of this, thanks for listening. Uh, well, I'll do one again next Sunday. Okay, cool. Okay, bye.